0: Welcome back, readers and drivers. This is the Brother Trucker Book Club podcast with your host, Graham Bradley. Episode 8, we are talking about epic fantasy. Haven't even figured out yet a punny title for this one. Uh, I am behind the wheel of a totally huge, awesome, just kidding, it's a Chevy Impala from 2004, not even like the cool supernatural kind. This is my third take on trying to record this episode because I got eight or nine minutes into the last two and it just wasn't working. I realized. I was kind of complaining about books that I didn't really care for in the genre, and that's never worked for me in the past. Uh, epic fantasy is the kind of stuff that you think of J.R.R. Tolkien when somebody says epic fantasy. Uh, you know, big sweeping fantasy worlds where they've done a whole bunch of thinking about the culture and the history, and, the, and they invent their own languages and stuff. You know, again, that's how that's how Tolkien started it. Not everybody does the whole language thing because not everybody has his. Uh, passion for linguistics. This is a guy who would teach Old Saxon or Old English at Oxford he'd stand up in front of a class before the semester started. And he'd, he'd belt out the first 50 lines of Beowulf in, in the original language at the top of his lungs and it would scare a lot of the students and they didn't drop in the class for the semester. And he said, that's good because I you know, anybody who's left after that are the ones that I know really want to learn this material. Like, he'd call out the weak ones that way. And he, you know, this is the guy who went on to invent the modern epic fantasy genre. Uh, Lord of the Rings, great series. You have definitely heard of it at this point. I prefer the movies to the books just because I don't enjoy all the minutiae of the books, but obviously that still works for a lot of people. Um, some people have recently taken to crapping on Tolkien because that's a great, great way to get clicks for their lousy websites. I'm not one of those guys. I'm just one of those that if it doesn't work for me, it doesn't work for me, to each their own. Uh, plenty of other people have written in the epic fantasy genre, have written these you know 20-volume, 1,000-page book series. Uh, Terry Brooks was one with The Sword of Shannara. Terry Goodkind was another with The Sword of Truth. Totally not riffing on each other there, guys. Good job. Robert Jordan was one with uh, The Wheel of Time. George R. R. Martin, since then, with The Song of Ice and Fire that's basically like epic fantasy, but everybody gets raped and murdered brutally. I did the uh, the first one of that and decided, yeah, I don't think I'm going to keep on with this series. But to talk about one epic fantasy series that does work for me, it is Brandon Sanderson's Mistborn. I think there are seven books out in that series right now with more to come and by golly, I'll keep reading them. I distinguish epic fantasy into two different groups. There are the, the run-of-the-mill stuff, the stuff that's kind of the bread and butter, and then there are the ones that are I call deforestation fantasy. These are the ones that are written for the sake of being long. I'm not going to review those ones here because they're not the kind that I like to read anymore. I read a couple of Terry Goodkind's books in high school. I liked it because, hey, I didn't really have high standards back then, but uh, I've tried reading a couple since then, and I've Mostly, found myself falling in love, out of love with uh, with the genre as I persisted in trying to get you deeper into this or that or the other thing. Not going to name any names here. Um, It's just largely these eleven thousand word or pound page, whatever books are not the ones that I care to read anymore. Mistborn. Kind of deviates from that because they move a little bit faster. They're a little bit closer to a thriller in in terms of pacing and establishing things. And you still get, you know, this rich history and backstory of a world and these these high concepts in it. But it doesn't get so bogged down in navel gazing or walking along and stopping and looking at a sculpture and going off for three chapters about the history of that sculpture. Yada yada yada. Uh, Mistborn is set in a fictional world where. Uh, people get their magic from swallowing pieces of metal uh, different pieces of different types of metal you can then burn inside your stomach it's, it's, you know, it's, it's called burning and you'll get different powers from them depending on your sensitivity to the metals like one of them will allow you to pull metal toward you another will allow you to push metal away from you. Some of it will allow you to uh, to enrage or to calm people's emotions or to enhance your senses things like that. Uh, he's invented a very very cool and specific magic system based on these different types of metals and you can do different things with it and like big plot twists and arcs of the story are even based on how this magic works on on top of character motivations and all that. Uh, It's divided right now into two trilogies. There's the original trilogy where um, concept-wise Sanderson said he wanted to write a story where there was some big awesome prophesied farm boy hero who is going to go slay the evil emperor and he steps up to the emperor and the emperor's like, ha, you're puny, and just smacks him and kills him. We get to see that happen in a fantasy and and force the characters into uh, a different exit from the the antagonist. Worked really, really well, and then he, he wrote the first one kind of as a revolution novel, the second one was a siege novel, the third was an outright war novel. He explores a lot of really cool, crazy ideas in it. One of the books slowed down a little bit. That was the siege novel, Well of Ascension. Um, it's it's hard to do a whole lot of action when, for most of the book, you know, the city is surrounded by an army that they can't beat yet. But overall, that tr- original trilogy just blew my mind and really redefined the merits of the epic fantasy genre for me. And then what's even cooler is that Sanderson went on to write a follow-up trilogy that happens several hundred years after the first one, where technology has developed a little bit. They've got you know, it, it works like a fantasy western. They've got firearms now, so you get these metal magicians that can repel bullets with magic and do all kinds of cool stuff. And the main character is a lawman who's first out in the roughs, and then he comes back to civilization. And you get you get train robberies and heists and stuff. That, you know, all all the good things of the fantasy of the western genre mixed with all the good things of the fantasy genre, and it just it works on all levels. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that I love to see in fantasy, the stuff that works, because it's not, it's not interested in doing the exact same things over and over again, it's not interested in trying to be subversive or important or whatever, you know, it's it's for the love of the genre and, you know, the the expansion of the imagination, uh, especially when it comes to establishing rules, following those rules, and still blowing the reader's mind and dropping plots on them where you're just like, wow, I can't believe I didn't see that coming, I love the, the way that this works, so... The Mistborn series by Brandon Sanderson is an epic fantasy that I would heartily recommend to all readers. Even if you're not an epic fantasy fan, it's very, very accessible on a number of fronts. So give it a try. Mistborn, The Final Empire by Brandon Sanderson. And if you're already reading those 1,000-page, 3-inch-thick, paving stone fantasy books, definitely pick up Mistborn. Then again, you probably already have. Thanks for listening in, everybody. Hope you're enjoying these reads, or at least enjoying the reviews of them. Let me know what you think, dreadpennies at gmail.com. See you out there.